it might be too late for you to be successful. Hi, this is Dan Miller. Yes, you're listening to the 48 Days Radio Show, where each week we dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day, excited to be able to do something that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. This is where normal, indecision, and ambiguity come to die. Welcome to the 48 Days Radio Show. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, what do you think? Have you ever thought it's too late for you? Maybe you missed your window of opportunity. You know, I talk to 27-year-olds who say, Dan, I majored in the wrong thing in college, and they present a picture of now they just need to kind of coast into the grave. And I think, oh my gosh. Well, we're going to talk about that. Got some interesting questions, and I want to share with you a couple concepts that are going to give you some hope and encouragement for wherever you are. So here's a question. Dan, I'm in my 30s. I'm just finding my passion. Is it too late to become known as an expert in my area? All right, that's one we're going to unpack right off the right off the top here. Another one, my workplace has stopped taking temperatures of employees every day. How can I feel safe? Dan, did you personally ever struggle with a bad attitude that needed correcting, that stinking thinking? I talk about the old Zig Ziglar phrases, needing to check up from the neck up, stinking thinking, cooked in the squat, story of the biscuit, those kind of things. Well, somebody says, I've been looking for a new direction, but have now discovered I love what I do. What should I do now? And another lady says, I'm planning to launch some courses about investing for women, and I need to know how to grow an email list. I'd love some ideas. Well, those are things we're going to be unpacking here as we go through this edition of 48 Days Online Radio. Quotation for today. Now, this is going to start off with a note of familiarity because it comes out of the Bible. And it starts off, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me rush to yet another Zoom call to then finish the third chapter of my book, to develop the content for my next 10 podcast, and outline the course I want to launch yet this year. Well, it doesn't, wait a minute. Did I get off track there with that verse? You know what that verse says? And it just kind of, I don't know, I heard it mentioned this week, and I thought, my goodness, that's a different kind of approach. Here's what the verse actually says. Psalms 23, verses 1 to 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That part I got right the first time around. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. That's a little different approach than what we sometimes think is required of us. Yes, we want to use our gifts. Yes, we want to live the best life. Yes, we want to live out our calling. But part of that is to lie down in green pastures once in a while. Walk by the still waters. Restore your soul. Those are important parts of ultimately a successful life as well. 
Well, part of that, if you haven't yet developed your own mission statement, we had some questions this week about, you know, where do I create a life? How can I create a life? Well, we've got a form for you that you can go through. It's free. Just go to 48days.com slash mission, and you'll see there a process for helping you reflect back. What were those childhood dreams? What were things you were really good at in high school? And start to put together the clear patterns that will help you define a mission statement. This is what I want my life to be about. This is what will help me know if I'm really accomplishing what I was put here to accomplish. All right. Now I want to go right into this. This is good news. I'm just going to make this our good news portion today to answer this question. Dan, I'm in my 30s. I'm just finding my passion. Is it too late to become known as an expert in my area? I've mentioned multiple times some of the books that Malcolm Gladwell has written. I I love his writing, love his research, love his approach. But in the book Outliers, he shared the research that shows that few people get to the top of their game without putting in at least 10,000 hours of preparation. So he talks about the Beatles. You know, he talks about Tiger Woods. I mean, all those people who started really early, they put in 10,000 hours of preparation. Now, I'm going to contrast that with a newer book called Range, written by David Epstein, he says generalists are better at becoming excellent. They often find their path late. They may juggle a whole lot of interest rather than focusing on one. They're also more creative, more agile, able to make connections that their more specialized peers can't see. All right, one more book here, reference as well. Podcast listener Larry Morrison sent me a note about an older book by Barbara Shear, and it's titled Refuse to choose. And again, she makes the case, use all of your interests, your passions, and hobbies to create the life and career of your dreams. So we got two opposing views here. Specialize very early on. Don't vary from that and you'll become an expert. If you don't get started early on, you're probably going to find that it's too late. So in Outliers, you know, Malcolm Gladwell talked about the fact that Tiger Woods, when Tiger Woods dead, or when Tiger Woods was six months old, his dad put a golf putter in his hand. Six months old. And he started walking around with that putter. Six months. Well, we know what happened there. He stayed very, very true to that and became an amazing golfer. So he profiles things like Bill Gates, Michael Jordan, the Beatles, Yo-Yo Ma, Mozart, Warren Buffett. No one gets to the top without putting in 10,000 hours. Now to, now, to put this in perspective a little bit, if you put in 40 hours a week, I mean, we, full time, 40 hours a week, that means five years to become really good at something. If you only find 20 hours a week, that's going to extend that time to 10 years before you're really good at something. Now, true, you know, we, we hear about you know, people who play a uh, musical instrument, or they become really good at investing, like Warren Buffett, you know, or somebody in athletics, you know, we see that a lot. Somebody who really rises to the top, like Tiger Woods being an example, you know, they put in a whole lot of hours. Now, if we stay true to this 10,000 hours required, though, what if you're doing something that provides an income for you and you really want to develop a skill in another area, but you're only able to find five hours a week to do that. Well, to get in your 10,000 hours, that means it's going to take you 40 years 
40 years. Well, we're usually not that patient. We've become an instant society. We've been spoiled with email, cell phones, microwaves. I mean, we want, we become impatient if it takes more than three seconds to load a web page. Golly. I mean, everybody wants things instantly. So what happens if you are now in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s or 60s and you're just finding what your area of passion is that you really want to be good at? Is there any hope for you? Well, yes, there is. Now, before I move into range, the counterpoint position here, I want to also clarify a little bit about what Malcolm Gladwell has now added to his work. For one thing, the talent that you have makes a lot of difference. If you're not very talented at something, even if you put in 10,000 hours, you may not be very good. If you are talented, you can become very good with a whole lot less than 10,000 hours. Now, the other thing is this 10,000 hours seems to be just something where you just crank it out. But there's a whole lot of difference in the kind of 10,000 hours that you put in. If you just put in the time, it may not improve your ability or your being an expert at all. You just become more mediocre. So deliberate practice is a really important concept here. And that means that deliberate practice is often guided by an expert, a coach or a mentor, somebody that can really help you. So you can make up for a lot of hours if you're being coached by an expert. So having talent and putting in deliberate practice can shorten the 10,000 hours dramatically. But now let's switch to Range, the book by David Epstein. Range, where he talks about be a generalist. And he contrasts Tiger Woods having been profiled in Malcolm Gladwell's book and Roger Federer who is a very famous Swiss tennis player. I mean, he, he, he's won 20 Grand Slam singles titles, the most in history, held the number one spot in tennis rankings for a record total of 310 weeks. And he's gone on all kinds of awards that he's got. He didn't start playing tennis when he was a little kid at all. He played a lot of different sports. He wasn't very committed to any of them. Even in high school, when one of his coaches saw that he really was a pretty good tennis player, he says, nah, I don't really want to just focus on that. I want to just hang out with my friends. I want to play a little baseball, a little football, a little basketball. It wasn't until later on that he started to focus on tennis. So we have an idea that really is very, very different. The concept that goes along with this is the idea that quitters never win Winners never quit. We hear that a lot. Well, Seth Godin has dismantled that, as has a whole lot of other people. Yes, winners do quit. If something's not working well, if you lose your interest, you want to change, they quit. Move on to something else. And then we see people like Thomas Edison or Leonardo da Vinci, who are known as what we call serial innovators. They have a high tolerance for ambiguity. They don't focus just on one thing. They do a lot of things and then put together information from a whole lot of different disciplines. I mean, I'm fascinated with Leonardo da Vinci, the things that he did in totally different enterprises, not just inventions, but in music, science, and math. I mean, different kind of things. And yet he was 
brilliant, brilliant guy who's seen as certainly somebody who has accomplished a lot. Uh, there's a Max Delbrecht, who's a Nobel laureate, called this whole the kind of thing. He says, the principle of limited sloppiness. He says, be careful not to be too careful or you will unconsciously limit your exploration. So these guys are saying, don't focus down too quickly or too much, perhaps even. Now, this is really, I mean, these are two very, very different kind of positions here. And I'll tell you where I lean very clearly here. And that is, well, just this week, I had a discussion with a small group of trusted friends, or about 25 of us. And it became clear that 100% of that group took the range approach. These are people who in their 40s, 50s, and 60s have experimented with a lot of things and now are finding extraordinary success in what they've chosen to do, whatever season of life they're in. We had an attorney in there. We had a doctor in there. Both made decisions in their 30s to leave those narrow professions to branch into their own entrepreneurial ventures. Now, here's the thing. From observation, it seems very clear that most successful entrepreneurs have experimented with a range of things before finding their ultimate success. So if you feel like it's too late, nope, not a chance. I mean, one of the things that I often end interviews with, they say, is there any one final thought you want to leave with our listeners? And I say, yes, it's never too late to have a new beginning. So it doesn't matter where you are. If you feel like you've done a whole lot of things. I mean, we know that at this point, the average job is about 2.3 years in length, which means that, you know, kids coming into the workplace today are going to have, you know, 14, 16, 18 different jobs. That's okay. That doesn't mean they're just going to stay at the bottom of the barrel in terms of success. No, that variety of things in the early part of their career is probably going to help them become excellent at something rather than restrict them. Now, here's a challenge with this as parents, let's, let's say, if you've got a child, how are you going to encourage that child to determine a major in college? What's the best path? I mean, do you want to force them at 17 years old to choose a major that's going to define the direction of their life for the next 40 years? It may not be realistic. I mean, college should be a time of experimenting itself, but people are forced very early to choose a career. And if they choose one of the major professions, be it you know, teaching or being a doctor or an attorney or an engineer or an accountant or pastor, you know, they have to choose. And then there seems to be no escape from that choice. That may be an unfortunate kind of thing. And of course, I've had the privilege of working with a lot of people who at 45 years old decide, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't care if I have a JD or a DDS or an MD behind my name. I want to do something else. Well, hey, I hope that's encouraging to you, no matter where you are, whatever you're choosing. If, you've, if you chose one thing early on and that's what you've done, hey, congratulations. I hope you are excellent at that. But if you've spent 20 years in one particular thing and you kind of have an itch to try something else, feel the freedom to do that. Again, the books that I referenced here, three books, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. That makes the case. Choose early, stick with it, put in your 10,000 hours. And then Range by David Epstein and Refuse to Choose by Barbara Shear are two books that say 
Hey, have fun. Be a generalist. Try different things. All right. So let's go on to other questions here. Sally says, I've been off work due to COVID for about five months. My question is where I work. Someone in the deli department has COVID-19. When my workplace has stopped taking temperature on employees every day, I feel like they're slacking off. How are the public safe from eating some cold food that was prepared and warmed? I was going to go back to work, but not if it's not safe now for employees and the public. Well, Sally, being off work for five months is a very, very long time. I'm sure that your mind is starting to play games with you, and I'm sure there's been a whole lot of things that have suffered as a result of that. I want to encourage you to get back in the game. And here's the thing. Now, I know that I'm going to be very biased in this, but I've, we, we've, Joanna and I have traveled a lot during this time. We've met with a lot of people. Uh, we're very engaged in our community. I am totally convinced that your mindset is more important for protecting you than being around any imagined germs. I know it's really elusive. It's hard to know, you know, where danger areas would be, where germs are going to be. And this idea that you're just going to isolate and protect yourself at some point becomes pretty unrealistic. For one thing, when does that end? When do we just magically decide that even though nothing has changed out there, when do we magically decide, okay, it's okay to go again? Now, surely we have to be reaching a point where we are going to do that. I mean, we can't survive as a society with the way things have been shut down. I mean, there's now anticipation that up to 40% of small businesses will close. I mean, there are major companies that are filing bankruptcy, malls that are closing. I mean, we're destroying our entire society. I don't think it's worth it. But here's what I encourage you to do, Sally. I encourage you to go back to work. Be a ray of sunshine at your work. Yes, wash your hands, but then... Be grateful you have a job. Express appreciation to the people that you work with. Smile wherever you go. Be clear about your own big dreams. I mean, don't watch the TV coverage of the pandemic and don't track the statistics being thrown around. Read positive books. Spend time with friends who are hopeful and optimistic. I am confident that'll create a barrier around you that'll protect you, even if there is one person at your workplace who's gotten this particular flu bug. Well, there you go. You asked for it. You got my opinion. I know there's a lot of varied opinions on this particular topic, but um, I haven't changed a whole lot in what I'm doing. Love the fact that I'm healthy and excited about things that we're working on. We've moved during this period of time. Got a new house. We're enjoying meeting our new neighbors, going to dinner together and all of that. Well, Anyway, I hope you're finding ways to not only cope, but to move forward with confidence in this period of time. Hey, that music, just a reminder that we are dealing with real life questions here. If you've got a success story you want to share or a tip you want to provide here that I could pass on to listeners or a question about what you're dealing with, just send that in to me at askdan at 48days.com. Again, that website is askdan at 48days.com. Now, David asked an interesting question. He says, hello, Dan, longtime listener. I've heard you speak much about having a positive attitude. You need to be before you can have. Okay, I'm on board with you. Question, did you personally ever struggle with a bad attitude that needed correcting, that stinking thinking? 
Thanks, Dave. Well, legitimate question, Dave. And you can tell from even my response to the previous question here, I don't get mired down in stinking thinking very much. I'm one of these guys that always sees the cup as half full. I know I have a positive attitude, but I think we can choose that. I don't think it's something we're just necessarily born with. I mean, I've always been that way, even as a little kid. I mean, I've always been excited about new opportunities, being everywhere. If something comes up that is unexpected, that seems to be a disaster for everybody else, I'm looking around saying, you know, what does this make possible? So I, I really don't struggle with stinking thinking. I mean, I get up in the morning, I have a morning routine that I go through. So I spend a couple hours that really sets the stage for what my thinking is going to be for the day. And there's not much that can change that. I mean, if I set the stage with the anticipation of having a really great day, there's really nothing that can come along. I mean, if I have a flat tire or a fender bender, it's not going to change my attitude about the day and what it can bring in a positive way. It's really not. And I don't want to diminish. I mean, there are horrible things happening and certainly unexpected things that people are going through. But um, no, I'm going to maintain my positive attitude, hopefully not in just an artificial way or to, to ignore the reality of what's around. But I'm not going to get bogged down because I think at the end of the day, my results are going to be better if I have a positive attitude, no matter what has happened. All right. Dina says this. Dean is a member of the 48 Days Eagles. She said, when I joined 48 Days Eagles community, I tested out as an eaglet. When somebody comes in as a new member in the Eagles community, we have them take a little quiz and it'll identify them either as incubating an eaglet or soaring. She says, I tested out as an eaglet. I'm an independent contractor teaching and tutoring adults and children. I thought I wanted to start something new, so I changed my level to incubating. So meaning that she was going backward, really, in wanting to start something new. Perfectly legit. But she says, after participating in the 40 Days Network, attending meetings and reading through various resources, I'm wondering if I made a mistake. Made a mistake by going back to incubating. I love what I do as a teacher. My niche is language arts. I teach people how to speak English and I help children move forward in their studies. All this time I've been looking for a new focus, but now I feel I should just expand my focus out of the base where I'm in teaching to include writing, which has always been important to me and something that I've done well. Where do I go from here? Well, Dean, I love how you've overviewed this and the recognition that you have that what you're doing already really makes a lot of sense. And it, it engages your passions, your talents. It makes you money. Wow, that's that sweet spot that we all look for. And this is, and it embraces what I talked about earlier, this experimenting with different things. I mean, a lot of people do that. They think, oh man, you know, there's got to be something better than this. And so they go experiment with a bunch of things. If in fact, in that process, you discover what you were doing really was a good fit. Golly, no shame in that at all. Go back to doing that and do it with excellence. Now with the confidence that it really does fit rather than thinking, eh, maybe there's something else lurking around the edges here. So that being said, if you decide you really are an eaglet or even soaring as an Eagles member, you can choose that. Now on, on those Eagle flight paths, it when you open the Eagles community, 
So, you know, you're, you're already a member. If you're, if you're not, if you're exploring, just go to 48days.com slash, or 48dayseagles.com. You know, go to 48dayseagles.com. You can get the overview there and the door is wide open for you to join us. But on the left-hand side of the Eagles community, we're in Mighty Networks, it's totally closed community, but on the left-hand side, you will see Eagle Flight Plans. You can click on anyone you want. You can click on Incubating, you can click on Eaglet, you can click on Soaring, and you can choose any of the training that we have there for you. So the fact that you took the quiz and identified yourself as an Eaglet, as an example, doesn't restrict you to just that content for training. No, you can explore in any of those levels anytime that you want. Great question. I hope that gives you some freedom and uh, congratulations on finding that the work you're doing really does make sense and you can expand on that. Now you have the years of experience in doing that, the maturity, the content you've created and all that. You can build on that to elevate your success even more quickly. Uh, Rich says, Dan, when you do interviews, do you like to receive some questions in advance? Do you prefer to just dive into the interview? I'm doing a lot of uh, interviews right now because we're still um, talking to a lot of people about the 20th anniversary edition of 48 Days to the Work You Love, the new content in there, the things like how to break through your upper limit challenge and how to use 15 hours a week to build a side business. I mean, how to have explore the new work models like being a digital nomad where you don't have any location that's important. You just work anywhere you want to. Anyway, doing a lot of interviews. Well, frankly, it really slows me down a little bit to have the questions identified in advance. That forces me to kind of walk through those and think through what the host is going to, I'm really comfortable just jumping in. And I like variety in the kind of things that people ask not just, gee, Dan, why 48 days? Gee, Dan, how does this material get started? Um, you know, what are the new points in the book? I like hosts that ask innovative questions, and I don't mind at all those being a surprise to me. So personally, I kind of prefer that. Now, Rich, you also share that you're just starting your podcast, which I, I love the, the title, More Than a Pastor. What an innovative, intriguing, engaging title, More Than a Pastor. So... That being said, a lot of you are starting podcasts. I hear from people every day that are starting podcasts. It's a fun thing to do. There's no barriers to entry. Yes, you have a lot of competition. Yes, you have to be creative to make it something that engages people, keeps them listening, keeps them coming back week after week like you all do here. I'm so appreciative of that. But you you study how to be good at doing it. Don't just get on there and just shoot the breeze or just have conversations with friends or authors, or whatever it happens to be. No, be very intentional about what is this podcast all about? Why does it bring unique value in a world of other podcasts that are going to have similar content? Why would people listen to yours? Now, there's a there's a tutorial that our friend Pat Flynn has on this. Now, put a link to it. It's a long URL, but he's got on YouTube, he's got a tutorial, and it is very, very thorough. It's all free. You can go through the little short videos. I've watched um, probably all of them over a period of time, but it's really, really helpful if you are starting a podcast. I'll put a link to that, again, to Pat Flynn's podcast tutorial in our show notes for today. Now, here's a question from Roger. Just got a couple more here. Comes a question from Roger. Or, uh, 
Well, actually, let me do this. Question from Kate. Let's do that. Kate says, I'm planning to launch some courses about investing for women, and I need to grow an email list first. I'd love some thoughts, ideas, tips, etc. Well, my question, Kate, is what are you doing now to position yourself as an expert? Are you doing a blog? Are you doing a podcast? Are you active on Facebook, Instagram? Are you speaking, you know, et cetera? What are you doing to position yourself now? You're absolutely right. If you're going to launch a course and you don't have a list, it's going to be tough to really make it work. Now, yeah, we hear about, you know, Facebook, you can do Facebook ads and try to snag people who never heard of you before. That's pretty tough. The easiest way to sell a product or service is to share it with people who already know, love, and trust you and share it with what we call a warm audience. So who is on that list that you have? And to accelerate the number of people there, there are some things you can do. And I'll give you some, I'll give you some tips here. But one of those is being a podcast guest. We have a lot of stories about people who came into the scene with really not a lot of credibility, not a big reputation in a particular area, but they very quickly established themselves as such by being a podcast guest. Now that's challenging. I mean, it, it is. Again, you have to have the relationship with the host. It's tough to just go out there cold and get guest interviews. If you can do that, though, you borrow the credibility and the audience of the host. And you can add a lot of names. I mean, if I'm on with, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey or on the Entree Leadership Podcast or something like that, I may add 2,000 names. And I do that by giving away something. Have a free lead magnet, something that you give away. Now, I'll give you an example of that. And in doing a lot of podcasts right now, every podcast that I'm on, I have a unique personalized landing page. So having been on just recently with uh, like Roger Whitney, who is a very active in our Eagles community, but he also has a community of rock retirement community, people who are approaching retirement, what to do there. He's a real creative guy. So I was on with him in his community and we created a page. It's 48days.com slash Roger. Just real simple, real simple for people to remember they go there, they're going to get the first chapter of the new version of 48 Days to the Work You Love, access to a quiz that'll tell you, give you a percentage for how close are you to living your best life, your ideal life. Are you at you know, 43 or are you at 87 or you're 98? Anyway, so just 48days.com slash Roger. Now, we, we all we do is change the name then every time I'm with somebody. But they go there and there's special bonuses for friends of Roger Whitney, special f- bonuses for friends of Roy Vaden, who I was just on. So being on all these podcasts, we have unique pages for each of them. If you do that, then you can, as we certainly expect, every time I'm on a podcast and have that unique page, we give people those special things. They sign up to get the bonuses and it adds names to our list. Now, here's the real deal doesn't matter what it is you're doing. I want to just, I want to give you kind of an overview here of some of the other things you can do if you're trying to build your brand, build your business, just, just build your career. What is it that you can do so you have a larger voice? You could be working at a company, but do you still have a real passion for kids that are suffering from poverty 
or clean water or women who are struggling after divorce or whatever it can go on. Whatever is a topic that you care about, you can become known as an expert in that area. Again, even if it's something you're not making money from, you may be working a job and totally happy with that, but how do you build a voice out there? We have a document that gives you 48 marketing tips. You know what? I'll just go ahead and and we'll put that in the show notes as well. I'll have Sheila set that up so you can access this 48 marketing tips. But on there, things like having a great website. I mean, pretty obvious at this point, if you're going to be recognized with any credibility, you need to have that. I mean, I have grandkids, you know, 12, 13 years old who have amazing websites. Yeah, so certainly you need to have that. You can do a press release. If you send out a press release, just giving tips in response to a particular situation that may be in the news right now, you can, from that, generate interviews, writing opportunities for yourself. You might create a special report or article. If you use, if you really, if you write, I mean, by all means, use writing as a means to get more exposure. Pick up a copy of Writer's Market. Now, that's a resource that's updated every year, and it's going to give you lots and lots of contact points where you can, it'll give you a list of magazines that are looking for articles. I mean, a lot of magazines pay for content. They're always looking for content, but it'll help you do that. Again, that's Writer's Market. You can... Submit to magazines directly or to websites. Uh, You might want to do interviews with celebrities. I mean, a lot of people have positioned themselves. Excuse me. Wow. Got a frog in my throat. People have positioned themselves as experts simply because they interviewed celebrities or people who are well-known in a particular area. Um, You might want to do webinars. Golly, we got people like... Pat Flynn or Amy uh, Porterfield do webinars. We're doing webinars. We got one coming up on, again, how to use 15 hours to establish a business. So you might want to do that. You could create an e-product. You could uh, be a ghostwriter, help somebody else pull their ideas together and do that well. You can be a distributor. I've done this a lot of times over the years where we've been a distributor for a particular book that came out or for a course where we just contact the originator and offer to be a distributor. You can set that up easily. You usually get major discounts on that. So we've had a lot of books that we sold a lot of copies of where we didn't publish it, but we were simply distributors. You've heard me talk about <clears throat> public domain works where you can, where you can get um, access to material that's out there that has been around a long time. And, and as such, it's in what we call the public domain. I mean, things like The Science of Getting Rich, an old Wallace Waddles book written back in 1910. It's in the public domain, and you can uh, get information about how to access that, how to publish it, and you can make money reselling that, even though it's something that was, was done previously. Of course, you can have your own weekly newsletter, like I've been doing now for over 20 years. You can start your own blog. If you if you are comfortable with blogging, then when you blog, make sure that you comment on at least three other blogs. That's a way to establish yourself as an expert, as rather than somebody who's just pushing their own content. Certainly a podcast is a big option for any of you who want to have a, a larger voice. You can be a podcast guest. Um 
Certainly ways to reach out again to people that you know, where you have a reciprocal kind of agreement. You can be on their show. They can be on yours. You can have other kind of affiliate relationships. You hear me talk every now and then about somebody's new program, maybe Michael Hyatt or uh, Ray Edwards or somebody like your Carrie Oberrunner who's coming up with something new and we talk about it. We have affiliate relationships with those people. You can do your own seminars and workshops. You can speak. Position yourself as a speaker. Uh, you might even want to have a radio show. You know, that's not as complicated as you might think, especially today when radios, radio stations have space. I mean, they have a lot of available space. They're looking for good content. A lot of ways to structure that. It's not complicated. You can either purchase time and then sell ads on it yourself, or you can just provide what you, what would they call the talent where you are the person on. They sell ads around it. So it provides valuable content for them where they can sell ad space around that. And this still gives you an opportunity to be a voice. You might want to in, create an instructional manual of yourself um, I've got, I'll just, I'm just scanning through some of these 48 ideas here. Uh, join organizations in your community. You might choose to be part of the Chamber of Commerce, the Rotary Club, your town's Habitat for Humanity. I mean, all of those things are ways that you can increase your center of influence, the contacts that you have, ways that you can promote what it is that you're, that you're wanting to become known for. Have lunch a couple times a week with somebody you can learn from. That's been a real powerful tool for me. Attend two or three major conferences a year. Hey, be, be planning what you're going to do in 2021. Yeah, we're going to have conferences come back around. Be a member of a mastermind. My goodness, don't pass up the opportunity to be part of a small group of people who are sharing life together and helping each other increase their levels of success. few things I've ever done has, have been that powerful. Be in, extremely intentional about the use of your time. Plan for reading, research, plan for personal growth, for relaxation, the kind of thing we started off here with the verse out of Psalms 23. Plan for those things that give you time to restore your soul. Uh, Don't just think it's only in working that you move forward with what you want to do. No, it's a lot of other things that go into that. You might want to create a membership community. You you can have a checklist of things that will help somebody, you know, 10 Quotes to keep you motivated towards your dream. Things like we've got having a goals workshop. When is this too late to find work you love? The three key areas, the three-legged stool needed to find your true purpose. Well, I could go on, but I, I, I'll, well, I'll make that available. There's so many things that you can do that can help you amplify your voice. So back to Kate's question, great question. We're going to wrap it up with that today, but you know, If you are going to launch a course, if you're going to start a podcast, if you're going to start a blog, if you're going to write a book, I mean, now is the time to be thinking about how do you increase your center of influence? How do you increase the people that you have connection with so that you can share your ideas? And there's so many ways that you can do that. So again, we'll put that out there for you as part of our tips for today. Well, going back here, let me just recap Going back, our resource for today is how to develop your own mission statement, 48days.com slash mission. Gave you several links in today's. I'll have the a link to Pat Flynn's tutorial on starting your own podcast if you want that. And it just summarized, again, some of our ideas that we talked about here today. Enjoy experimenting with a range of ideas. 
Knowing that the broad exposure will help you find your best fit. Your mindset is more important for protecting you than being around any supposed imagined germs. Protect your mindset. That'll create a hedge of protection around you. If you're in the Eagles community, you can choose which level of training you're ready for. Again, check that out. Just go to 48dayseagles.com. If you're not a member, join a whole lot of people in there who are moving up in their success. And choose the three or four marketing tips from this resource we're going to give you that you're going to use to move your career and business forward. And I'm going to just remind you again of the our quotation for today coming from Psalms 23. Where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Enjoy those times of rest. Hey, thanks for being part of this community where we come back week after week to share these ideas together. Again, you can submit your question to askdan at 48days.com. Thanks for being part of this growing community where we know beyond a shadow of a doubt we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.